If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the force that is Gary Witta. Good morning. Oh, my God. I just took the first sip of this foul. Oh, no. This was a mistake. What is that? It's a new, so I mean, it's in, I've got it in a flask, so you can't see, but I've got the, I've still got the empty can here. So it's a new kind of energy drink. I'm not endorsing this at all. Quite far from it, I think, based on my first sip. It's a new kind of energy drink called Ghost. And I was, I was, I was compelled by it because it's Warhead's sour watermelon flavor. Oh God! Oh, oh! I don't know how I feel about that. I don't that know what can. I was yeah. thinking. That that can looks like the energy drink that turned everybody into zombies in Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. That's what that can looks like. Are yeah, you, I mean, you it looks like, like, like a ghost ghost. energy drink from a from a movie. Do you feel like yeah. you're going ghost right now, Gary? Gary, does Gary even know what going ghost means? No, he does. <laughs> what do, what does that mean? <laughs> That's going a Danny ghost? Phantom reference. Um. Bless, good job on uh, saying the force that is Gary Witta. That was a good, uh, that was a good moment. Of right course, there. I mean that's what that's that's what I originally started calling Gary Witta when I first joined KF. But like the sad thing is, I rarely ever get to host with Gary, and so I rarely ever get to use that moniker for Gary. Mm. It's a rare treat for both of us. Exactly, exactly. Gary, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I actually woke up. I had, I had a rough day yesterday. I had a day there was just too much going on. I felt really overwhelmed. I just wanted to like. I only live like three three blocks from the ocean, and every now and again, I just want to like walk into the ocean and not come back. Well, and yesterday was one of those days. But I, <laughs> despite all of that, I woke up uh, in a good in a good mood this morning. Well, that's Hell good. yeah! I I gotta appreciate your your Mario shirt. It's funny because I'm wearing my Sonic shirt, so I feel like we're we're matching. We're not. Oh matching. yeah, look at that! We have got Mario and yeah, Sonic. So, yeah, someone in the chat the was like, "Love the console war T-shirt." That is a complete accident. Exactly. Um, Throwback to Sega versus Nintendo. I've been playing a lot of Super Mario. Not I keep calling it this, but I've, I've been playing a lot of the new Mario Strikers. And Are I'm you really, liking I that? I'm very much enjoying it. I just downloaded it uh, yesterday. I didn't get to play it at all during. Uh, oh well, we got to play. We got to team up and play. You know, Snow White Mike's playing I mean, it as uh, well. Is it even possible to team up? Because we we learned the hard way on Friday. It's like Nintendo like really wants to make that as hard as possible. No, I I mean I didn't have any trouble playing with a friend of mine over the weekend. So the the thing that I think it's missing is so you know it's like five aside right, but so four yeah. outfield players. The goalie is CPU controlled, and you can play solo against another play another solo player or the right. CPU or whatever. And you can play, and you can team up with a, with one friend. So two of you are on the team. But what you cannot do, which I feel like would be great if they would let you do it, is have four on four. So each of you control your own individual play, kind of like FIFA pro, uh, pro clubs. Yeah. They don't let you do that. I, it, it's, and, and weirdly, playing cooperatively, cooperatively is more confusing than playing solo right because yeah, you're always wow. aware of like who you are when you're playing you only control one player at a time but you always are kind of aware of who that is when you're playing cooperatively with another player like it's just an extra layer of like wait is that me or is that the other player it takes like an extra half second to to kind of for it to click but if you but if you were playing four on four then you always know like, oh i'm luigi or i'm donkey kong or whatever mm. so i'm really hoping that they add that because it feels like an obvious thing that who, they missed who would have thought 
that like Nintendo would yeah, right? 4v4 multiplayer into their 4v4, In a 4v4 video soccer game. game. Bless. We learned it the hard way on Friday's stream. I know you were out uh, having fun playing games at Summer Game Fest, but like you, you, you should check out the VOD for that, Bless, because it's just like you see Mike crash in real time of like us like being uh, like pumped up to play a new like uh, Mario sports game and then like over the course of like 10 minutes us realizing I'm just like oh it doesn't have this oh it doesn't have this oh we can squat up here oh but that service isn't working right now and just like Nintendo, oh, it was it was rough I felt really bad for Mike it's funny because it, Gary for you like as a soccer fan how are you how, how are you taking to it because I know for me I love FIFA FIFA's my favorite sports game franchise and hopping yeah. in yesterday I I had the the realization that this game was gonna be a little bit more on the party chaotic like I'm knocking down characters side of thing side of things as opposed to like the strategic if I am playing because I played a lot of FIFA two v two growing up right and like the the fun of that was being able to click with somebody and have it be that oh they know when to go on the run right like they know right. to, oh to yeah take for off. sure you know I get that through pass they get the they we thread it perfectly and they get the goal. I don't know if I'm gonna have that in Mario Strikers. It's on my. I'm, I'm concerned. You I'm could, concerned I mean, about you, it from it's that gonna thing. it's gonna take a minute to click. When I first started playing uh, over the weekend, it took me a minute to get used because there's a lot of buttons, right? It's not just like pass and shoot, but like lob, tackle. Egg, you know, there's like you know uh, dash, use item. There's a lot. There's a lot of buttons, and it's it, it can for for a minute. I was like, you know, you have that like panicky thing where like you're mashing every button, you you, can't, you don't quite have it yet. But then there's a moment where it clicks. And you are pulling off those combos and you are scoring goals like the way you want to score them. And it's really, okay. really satisfying when you do that. It also makes you rage a lot. It, it's got exactly the same thing that all the other Mario, you know, racing sports party games have, which is like just completely unfair bullshit that like just drops oh, on yeah, you items. all the time. It's very chaotic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even really call it soccer. It's more like they, so in the, in the game, they don't even call it soccer. They call it the name of the game they play is called strike. That's why you're strikers. Mm. So it's a totally different sport. The only, you know, there's a goal at each end and you and you kick the ball. But you can also, like, Donkey Kong and Bowser and Warrior, they'll pick up the ball and throw it. Like, there's no fucking rules at all, as far as I can tell. And given that so much of it is based on, like, really hard tackles and combat and, like, they call it Battle League for a reason, right? It actually reminds me more of, like, if you remember a game called Speedball, but like, but it's more like a kind of a fu- like a combat future sport where like you know your te- teams are wearing like heavy armor and they're smacking each other and grabbing the ball. It's more, it's it's a very very com- it's more combat oriented. But I don't know. So far, I'm really really enjoying it. I've been pl- making making my, making my way through the uh, cup tournaments. I won my second cup uh, last night and had a had a blast doing it. Like it's definitely the kind of game where you're like you know you either raging or cheering at the TV. It's it's pushing all the right buttons for me so far, and even though I'm never going to get there, what I'm hearing about it, and what I'm because I'm talking to a couple of I have a couple of friends who like compete at a much higher level at these type of games, you know, like pro players, and they're saying that it's very similar um, to something like Rocket League, where like there's mm. if you're willing to get if you're willing and able to get good at it, there is a very very high skill ceiling. Really? I, I so really... I imagine like at the pro level, it could it could end up like in, at the esports level, it could end up being quite popular. I wish it was at that level of Rocket League, but like as you already mentioned, Gary, the 
goalies are AI controlled, and that's not something that you can like really switch. So it doesn't right. really feel consistent on like what strategies you're trying to pull off to like uh, get like uh, shots in and stuff like that. Um, whereas like Rocket League, like y- you can choose to be the the goalie and stuff, or, or even like lead the goal and stuff. Yeah. Like well, that. but I mean, there, I mean, the, I mean, there is no designated goalie in Rocket League, right? Yeah. You can just choose to play like but, sweeper and but like, stay it gives at the back. you that access. Like if you are playing at a higher level, to actually like be the goalie and decide like I'm yeah. gonna hang back, I, you two go forward and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. Someone will correct me. Maybe this is a good one for you or wrong, but I don't know if there's ever been like a soccer simulation like a soccer game that gives you manual control over the goalkeeper in anything other than like a penalty situation because they've never really no, figured FIFA, out how to do it like goalkeepers FIFA's have usually that. always been on auto right it's always been bad though like fifa yeah. has had i remember certain iterations toward the early 2010s where that was the whole gimmick is like oh yeah plays the goalie you know control the the, the dives and all that stuff and it was ne- it never worked uh and i don't even know if they still have that stuff in modern i'm sure you, they probably give you the choice but it was never something that actually worked uh, to the full extent where it actually made it fun. I will say the thing about Rocket League, though, that I do like regarding that is that Rocket League is a game that has zero, like, chance to it, right? Like, Rocket League is all That's skill. That's the thing. It's all physics. You don't have to right. worry about any AI or any item or any, you know, al- ulterior thing coming yeah, through. Yeah, there's no banana skins or red game. shells or anything. But in, in Battle yeah. League, right, this is why ultimately, so I, I, I predicted this wrong. When Fall Guys was first blowing up, and there were and there were tournaments. I actually competed in a couple of of tournaments. Um, that I thought that Fall Guys was going to be big on the esports scene, and in the end, it wasn't. And the reason why is because there's just too many random factors, right? Pro players want to feel like they win or lose based purely on merit, not because of like some bullshit luck scenario. And Fall Guys, like part of the fun of the chaos for casual players, is all of the random stuff that can happen to you. And it's great for like rage video compilations and stuff like that. But esports players don't want to feel like they. It's why they, it's why they the way they took the team games out. Is that like like people that want to like the tryhards and the sweaties want to feel like they're 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 succeeding or failing based on their own merit? So they don't like it when they get thrown into like a random squad in a team game in Fall Guys, and that's ultimately why I think Fall Guys didn't kind of sustain itself at kind of the esports, the, the, the kind of the competitive level. And you may be right about Battle League as well, even though it's got a high skill ceiling, it does have those random factors with with the shells and stuff. And that might that might be what what holds it back it, ultimately. I, I, I would love for it to, to, to get to that level. I think the other thing is just that Nintendo, you know, Nintendo for some reason just hates esports. They don't just, support it at all, right? Like if anything, yeah. they're hostile to like the Smash Brothers like, scene, Super right? Smash Brothers should be the biggest esport in the world. And Nintendo, Nintendo does everything possible to make sure that it isn't. And they like- Why do they you have think some, that is? It's such a weird stance on Nintendo part right right i, mean, I, don't, I think they don't want to scare it? people I, I think they they don't want to scare people away because they see smash brothers as being this party game this family game this game that they want to have a broad audience and so the mo- more hardcore they make it the more they're scared of the idea that people get dissuaded into buying it if they're not a big smash brothers person i do think that's bullshit though like i don't think that matters you know you look at other fighting games like street fighter is such a high selling fighting game and that's one that uh, that also does have a high skill ceiling like you look at like tekken or mortal kombat especially right i think mortal kombat is probably the one that, that's under smash brothers in terms of sales numbers and i think they kind of go back and forth depending on the, the release it's funny because you know nintendo is the company that brought us the nintendo world championships right like the original esports oh, yeah. tournament right the, the one that we still kind of legendarily talk about decades later and was kind of the blueprint for like all the you know competitive live you know esports and gaming events that would follow it might be you know what i think it probably is is like there's always there's always some controversy kicking off in the fighting game community right like there's toxicity there's there's drama there's controversy maybe just nintendo just don't want to 
they just don't want any of they that, are, that. They are noise. making strides though. Like the latest partnership they made was with an organization called Panda Global, and they're big in the fighting game community. And they've hit up a deal with them to where now Panda Global can run um, official Smash Brothers tournament events. Okay. And so they're doing some things that are good. And that was a that was a recent uh, update in that in that sphere, but. Overall, like Nintendo is just known for like not playing well with others in that regard. But I hope it opens up. I hope they get better. But for now, Gary, I'd love to talk to continue this conversation with, conversation with you in the post show because I just enjoy talking yeah, about video pick, games. Yeah, but get get a copy of Strikers and we should play. You should. I think you. Oh I yeah, you'll enjoy I got it download, dude. I'm one hundred percent down to All play. All right, it. let's play it for sure. For sure. Gary, for now, let's talk about today's stories, which include a quick recap of that Capcom showcase. What is up with Assassin's Creed and more? Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. You should never read that at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new episode of the kind of funny games cast is now live wrapping up our time at summer game fest play days playing sonic frontiers cuphead dlc and more uh, you can catch that right now on youtube.com so it's kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe and it and is co- it, it is actually up because we had some problems earlier oh, yeah. this morning and it went down so it is uh, it is back up on youtube I want to check in with you on Sonic Frontiers, by the way, Blessing. You got the t-shirt. I know you're the Sonic expert. I want to, I'm going to pick your brains on that a little bit. I mean, you can ask me the question right now. What do you want to know? So what, okay. What, as it, as it stands right now, what's the bottom line on Sonic Frontiers? Cause I'm very confused. I've seen all of these first looks, these previews, whatever, these early looks, these hands on, and it's all over the map. I'm seeing a lot of like, oh, you know, oh, this could, this could revolutionize. This could be like the next step that, that Sonic needs. It's, it's going to a new level. But then I'm hearing like, it's janky. It's weird. Like it doesn't, it's not as good as you think it is. Like the, the reactions I've seen are all over the place. So I'm just trying, I'm trying to like distill that down. Give, give me uh, give me the bottom line on it, Blessing. That was my big takeaway from Summer Game Fest Play Days. Of course, I got to talk talk to a number of people that got their hands on Sonic Frontiers, including folks like Jake Baldino, uh, uh, you know, Skill Up, Imran Khan. And my favorite thing, talking to all these different people who, like, I respect all their opinions, right? Like, these are some of the people who I go to specifically to hear their video game opinions and understand, like, what's good and what's not. Everybody had a different takeaway. Right. Some people right. absolutely hated it. Some people absolutely loved it. Like people who I whose opinions I trust both landed on both sides of this is the worst. This is the, this is great. And this is like, ah, oh, it's fine. I had a really fun time with it. I think the demo that I I, I got 30 minutes uh, to actually play the game, the 30 minutes I spent playing the game. I played a good game. I think that game is actually pretty solid. I think it's coming together really well. I had a good time with it. It reminds me of playing a Mario Odyssey where you're in a big right. open level and you are exploring the way you want to explore. You're ta- you're, you know, seeing a platform in the distance going, "Oh, let me see where that takes me." and you're finding a heart. Or you're so seeing is it a rail more Odyssey than because the compa- the comparisons I kept hearing was more like Breath of the Wild, like a Zelda game. It's the gameplay loop of Mario Odyssey with some of the style style uh stylistic choices of breath of the wild okay. you know like you're in this big lush forest environment you're it's a lot of chill piano music a lot of the ui reminded me of breath of the wild stuff like there's a stamina bar that looks like it was taken directly out of breath of the wild okay and i think they're trying to invoke some of that but i don't know if it's going to be as open as breath of the wild you know i think it is going to be more along the lines especially in terms of gameplay as a mario odyssey where your whole goal is to just collect the collectibles 
I think that's that's mainly what it's going to be. It's not going to be the you right. know, you're picking in quests. You're not going to meet characters. You're not going to there. It seems like there are shrine like moments. You know, in IGN's preview of it, they talk about uh, if you find an in world boss, you can fight the boss, take out the boss. If you take out the boss, you get a key. If you collect enough keys, you then get to unlock um, a linear Sonic level. That seems like it's almost yeah. like an unlocked shrine. I, I get the way. difference, right? Mario, like Mario is, exists today, like in the Odyssey era, and and Zelda now in the Breath of the Wild era are both mm-hmm. open world games, right? They both look like games where you can run around at will and go where you want, and you can. But like Breath of the Wild is truly open world, right? Whereas, whereas games like Odyssey now are more like, yeah, it's open, it, there's an open, open arena, but, it, but it's still ultimately a course that you have to go through, right? Yeah. You've got to jump through all the right hoops. Kind of, so Sonic's more like that. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. I believe they never called Sonic Frontiers open world as opposed, uh, uh, except for in the leaks and in like the reports about it. I don't think Sega's officially said open world. They have officially said open zone. And so, like, I in my gameplay, I only got access to that first zone, which is the lush green forest area. I the vibe I get is that like there will be a doorway or transition or like some kind of like separator between the zone that I'm in and then when I get to the next zone, which is like the open level. I think it is going to be more Mario Odyssey than Breath of the Wild, but I don't know. I don't know that to be a fact. I just so know what, that so, it seems like they've not said it's open world. So, given that these predictions are all over the map, and it seems like even having played it, you're as kind of confused as i am in terms of how this is all going to shake out what's what's your prediction as it stands right now when this game ships mm-hmm. is this going to be the second coming of sonic as some are predicting or is it going to disappoint as as others are predicting i think for sonic fans is going to be a good time if you're somebody that does not like sonic and you've never really fucked with a 3d sonic game you're not going to enjoy it okay I, that's that's been my my takeaway from it the one thing i will say a thing that i didn't really dig about it is that the technical stuff and the polish doesn't seem to be all the way there yet. It reminds me of when we originally got that Halo Infinite reveal at that Xbox showcase, and everybody saw it and went, oh, this doesn't look as populated and as pretty as I wanted to look for an Xbox Series X game. That's kind of the the deal I get with it, where I want them to delay it. I think if they give it some time, it can shape up and be not only a fun game, but a game that looks pretty, a game that um, I think has more TLC put in there in terms of um, uh, like actual pretty things to look at in the levels and shit to do, right? right? Like. I think it needs a lot of that kind of polish, and I think that might take a year or so to actually do. So I would love to see them delay it. That's my other takeaway from it is, like, you don't have to release this game this year. Just take your time with it. Yeah, because on the one hand, if someone says, oh, but it's janky, that's the thing that worries me the least because I'm because I'm thinking, well, it's an early demo, like, tightening the screws and polishing up the technical aspects and making it not janky. Like, that's all the stuff. Like, if someone says, oh, there's a fundamental problem with the gameplay or it's just not fun or whatever, that's a problem. But if yeah. someone's saying, like, oh, it looks early, then great. Well, yeah, it, it is early. Like, they'll fix that. At the same time, though, I've seen Sonic games ship that are janky as fuck. So there's no. That's the thing that scares right? me is that they have they don't give a fuck. They're if, if the <laughs> game doesn't come together by November, or whenever I forget if they actually announced a date or not. But like if, it, if the game doesn't come together, I have a feeling they'll that they just, just say fuck it, anyway. it. They'll just ship it anyway because they're Sega and Sonic is gonna sell anyway, right? Like right. Sonic always sells pretty good. But hey. We shall see. For now, let's get back into housekeeping. Uh, that Xbox and Bethesda extended showcase is going down. And if you're wondering where our impressions are of that, uh, have no fear. Kind of funny X-Cast will be breaking that down in their episode this week. So look out for that in the regular locations. The kind of funny TikTok has a ton of previews from Summer Game Fest, including Street Fighter VI, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, and WrestleQuest. Uh, make, make sure to follow at Kind of Funny Games on TikTok. Then remember, we've got a Quarry spoiler cast up right now on the Gamescast feed where we go through our different decisions to see how our various stories played out that is me that is greg that is mike and that is joey and that's up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on the gamescast podcast feed thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire and fargo brady today we're brought to you by shopify and athletic greens but 
We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one. I want to do a quick recap of yesterday's Capcom Showcase. But then, Gary, I want to ask you the question. Who won Summer Game Fest 2022? All right. Sit on that. Think on that. Let me recap yesterday, right? This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. The Capcom Showcase has arrived, and it revealed a ton of new details for games previously announced. While there weren't any new game announcements, we did finally learn about the long-awaited Resident Evil Village story DLC, Shadows of Rose. We saw gameplay of Resident Evil 4 Remake, and we retreated to new looks at Exoprimal and Monster Hunter Sunbreak, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Oh, and we found out uh, we will soon be able to play as Lady Demetresque in Resident Evil Village's Mercenaries mode. Uh, going down the list, right, this is how, uh, this, and this isn't in chronological, this is, I think, just ordered by uh, how IGN wanted to do, which I think is just biggest announcement to the smallest. So, starting off, right, Resident Evil 4 Remake, we received a few more seconds of gameplay, and it also may have uh, revealed a major new addition to this updated version, the ability for Leon Kennedy to move while aiming his gun. We are also told the game will feature, quote, modern flourishes, uh, and that the Ganado have been completely redesigned. Capcom uh, has finally revealed Shadows of Rose, uh, Resident Evil Village's long-awaited story DLC. The new story will follow Ethan Winter's daughter, Rose, uh, and will serve as a sequel of sorts to the main campaign. Unlike the main game, Shadows of Rose will take place from a third-person perspective, and we'll see Rose entering the consciousness of the Mega Mycete, a place where time and space are warped beyond recognition. The Shadows of Rose Story DLC will be released on October 28th, 2022, as part of Winter's expansion DLC. Resident Evil Village's Winter's expansion will also add the the Mercenaries' additional orders, which, among other things, will let players finally play as Lady Alcina Demetresque. Chris Redfield and Carl Heisenberg will also be joining Mercenaries, and each will play in their own unique way. And the Resident Evil Village is currently only playable in first-person mode, but that will all change later this year when a new third-person mode will be added as part of Winter's expansion. Uh, This new way to play Resident Evil Village will let players see the game from a whole new perspective, complete with new animations and more. Resident Evil 2 Remake, Resident Evil 3 Remake, and Resident Evil 7 will all be getting free next-gen upgrades for PS5 and Xbox Series X today, uh, yesterday, technically, June 13th. Uh, These updates will, will add support for 4K, high frame rate, ray tracing, and 3D audio. And then Resident Evil Reverse, uh, the multiplayer game originally set uh, to launch alongside Resident Evil Village, will officially launch on October 28th, 2022. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is a massive expansion to the Switch and PC-exclusive Monster Hunter Rise, and a new trailer at Capcom Showcase revealed more details, and that it will be getting a demo on June 14th, which is today. Uh, Exoprimal, Capcom's upcoming co-op dinosaur murder action game, has received a new gameplay trailer and the promise of a closed network test before its launch in 2023. And then while we didn't learn anything new about Street Fighter VI, it was revealed that we will be getting uh, more details on the next entry in the legendary fighting game franchise before the end of the year. Lastly, oh, we didn't learn anything new about, oh, actually, no, this is the same thing, copy and pasted. So that was the last thing. Uh, Gary Witta, did you get a chance to check out the Capcom Game Showcase? No, because it was yesterday, right? And like I said, yesterday was kind of a write-off for me. I had my, my head mm-hmm. down the whole day. So I need you, I need you to catch, catch me up on it. What, what did they show at the Capcom Showcase? I mean, everything I just said, it wasn't that good. Uh, if I'm being real, right? It felt like just a standard, hey, Here's another Capcom game showcase. You've already seen the bulk of this stuff, right? Like Street Fighter 6 appeared at State of Play. Uh, Resident Evil 4 also appeared at State of Play. I think the big right. things so were... all the, a bunch of stuff that we knew about already, right? Oh, a bunch of stuff that we knew about. And like the, ex- the exciting things were Resident Evil Village DLC and then RE2 Remake, RE3 Remake, and Resident Evil 7 coming to uh, mo- modern platforms. But, no, but no shockers like New Mega Man or something, no, right? Like, absolutely okay. not. Yeah. 
It, it is what it is. Like, does any of that stuff excite you? Do you like Resident Evil? As you, as you were talking, the third person Resident Evil uh, 8 actually sounded good to me. Because we, uh, my wife and I like to play those games. We haven't got around to it yet. But we have. It's still installed on my Xbox. I, I keep, every time I need to like juggle space on my Xbox, I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't uninstall that because I know we're going to get to it soon. But now I think we might wait for that. Because my personal preference is I, I like the third person um, uh, Resident Evil games more than I like the the newer first person one. So if they're adding a, a, a look, not like some janky mod or something, but like an official third person mode, that might be a good incentive to finally jump in and and play through it. Yeah, the third person mode has me curious because I was not expecting them to make this move. You know, putting Resident Evil Village, the the OG game in in third person. I didn't. I I'm not somebody who has their like ear to the forums and the Reddits for Resident Evil specific, specifically. So I didn't know if that was like a fan outcry thing of of a highly requested feature. But that's one that I think is really interesting. I'm not. I didn't love Resident Evil Village enough to go back and replay it again just for this mm. mode. I I did like Resident Evil Village enough though to play the DLC. Like the Shadow Shadow of Rose stuff is cool, and that's another one that's in third person. And my immediate thought when they started talking about the third person stuff is like. Are you guys done with first person? Like, is this a, hey, is this an official feature or an additional feature? Or is this when Resident Evil 9 comes out, it's going to be a third person? I was shocked to see them make, make that transition in the modern games. What do you think about the multiplayer stuff? Because you don't typically think multiplayer when you think Resident Evil, do you? You think, you I, think story campaign, you think story mode. When I think of good Resident Evil, I think for I, th I think single player campaign mode. But multiplayer seems like a thing they've really been trying to push for like the last two decades that has rarely ever hit. Like, I want to say there's there was maybe one or two of the multiplayer durations that people actually liked, but I think there's been way more that just can't, that, that hasn't hit. I'm surprised that they're pushing out both, or they're, they're trying to promote both Reverse, which was supposed to come out a year ago, and it ha somehow has gotten delayed a year and a half. Now, they're pushing that here, and they're also pushing Resident Evil Mercenaries, which is another, uh, like, an additional thing. Like, it feels like a lot for me. It's not something that, that gets me interested, though. I don't know if this is what they're planning, but it seems like if they were going to go, if they are going to bring Resident Evil into that multiplayer space, now is potentially a good time to do it because we've seen this big explosion in the last couple of years of like, you know, this particular new genre of like asymmetrical horror, right? Dead by Daylight, Evil Dead now, where, you know, one player is the killer and, you know, everyone else is like, is trying to, is trying to survive. And I don't know if this is anything like what they're planning, but I could imagine like the Resident Evil universe mapping onto that, where like one player is like Lady Dimitrescu or whatever, and everyone else is like running around trying not to get fucking killed by her or whatever. What would the correct move for, be for them to try and make something like this from the ground up, like they're doing with Reverse, or like would you just give that stuff to Dead by Daylight and have it be a? Because I believe Dead, Dead by Daylight. Yeah, because you can do that as well, right? Like Dead by Dead by Daylight is like that, the Fortnite of horror now, right? Like, oh, you yeah. know, oh, Freddy Krueger is in here now, and. Jason and the girl from the ring and yeah, like, they, like put, they put keep Nemesis doing these in deals. There. Put Mr. X in there. It's kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. If Mr. X would be good, there. yeah. Yeah, but like I think that'd be an awesome thing. And you get to have your cake and eat it too, right? You have a good game that is that kind of game, and then you get to have your IP in there and how hopefully make those profits off of that as well. Yeah, DB uh, people are saying Dead by Daylight already has a tyrant in there. Oh, uh, okay. they're way ahead of us. And so they are doing that stuff, right? And I'd say, yo, spread the love. You know, if Dead by Daylight has that stuff, like what are the other games in that in that space that you can uh, strike those partnerships with to get your characters in there? I'd rather that than for them to keep trying and keep failing with the multiplayer Resident Evil stuff. I'm just trying to, I'm, again, I don't know much about it. I'm trying to figure out like what the, what this new iteration of Resident Evil multiplayer is going to look like. Because it can't just be running around like killing each other, right? There's got to be something that, that gives it a different flavor. Barry, you brought up gameplay just a second ago for it looked like Reverse. Correct. Uh, refresh me a little bit, and chat, you can refresh me too. I believe Reverse is like a 
you are it is that asymmetric one person one person is playing as a nemesis type figure and they're basically the dungeon master fucking up the other four players uh, something along those lines am i right about that chat let me know because yeah like gary do you see the gameplay that's up right Uh, now they barely showed anything so i I can't even like uh, resident evil (laughs) i could that was literally all i showed was all they showed so it's like i i I couldn't tell you i'm looking at chat right now Uh, it's a mastermind where you can control monsters Uh, no that's that's resist no people are saying I'm, i'm describing resistance gotcha all right, I might, I'll look up Verse and remind myself on what the pitch for that thing was. I just remember the pitch not being that great. But, I mean, Gary, for a second, let's step away from Resident Evil. I asked you at the beginning of this. Who won Summer Game Fest 2022? I mean, I hesitate to try and make an, any kind of, like, authoritative judgment on it because I didn't see everything. I saw most of it, but, like, for, like I said, yes, I didn't see the Capcom thing yesterday. I don't know. Like this, this is yeah. Ever, ever since the days at E3, this is a this is a question that rolls around. Like who were the win? Who were the big winners and losers? And I've been around long enough to remember. That, yeah, certainly there have been years when you know there's like a standout winner. Like oh, this was the game of E3, or this company, their presentation with their, their lineup clearly won E3. And uh, we've seen that has happened over the years. And but in other years, it had there hasn't been like a clear standout or a clear winner. And I feel like this is one of those years. I mean, you tell me if you think I'm wrong, but like from everything that I saw. There wasn't any one thing in Summer Game Fest this year what, that, what was like, that totally blew me away. And I don't feel, I feel like there probably wasn't, because that, that's not the media narrative that I'm seeing. I'm not seeing like people coalescing around a clear winner or like one game that, or one presentation that stood above, the, stood above the rest. It all just kind of felt like a bit, a, a bit you know, a bit of a much of a muchness to me. It was like, yeah, it was, yeah. I, think, I think what it indicates is overall this, the, the, the state of gaming is very healthy and there's all kinds of really great stuff coming down the pipe the next couple of years of, you know, for video games is going to be great, just like the last couple of years have. This is a great time to be interested in video games. But in terms of if you want to make it like a horse race, I don't think there was a clear winner this year. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, I I mean, I think you're you're spot on. You know, I think there are the easy ones to point to, like Xbox, because the Xbox showcase was really good. Um, But that's also another one where I don't know if it was their best showcase of all time. Like, I, I feel like I came out of this showcase maybe a little bit less excited than I have for some previous showcases in, in the past. And part of that is, you know, they did the thing where they were like, yo, let's focus on the next 12 months, which is good for them setting one coloring in what the next year of content looks like on Xbox. And then also setting in those expe- expectations of we don't have Everwild to show. We do not have Hellblade to show. We do not have these games that, you know, exist that are upcoming in the future. The next Wolfenstein, the next Indiana Jones, that that type of thing. We don't have that stuff to show just yet. Let's just focus on the near future. And I think them uh, limiting themselves to that really helped them have a showcase that felt strong by that criteria. But even still, I think the biggest game, not even I think, the biggest game out of that was Starfield. We got to see way more Starfield. And I came out of Starfield going, oh, hell yeah. I'm excited for a new Bethesda Game Studios game. But it's also not the the wildest thing since sliced bread. It's not fucking blowing me away. It looks right. like another Bethesda game, which yeah. has me excited, but also isn't blowing me I away. I mean, again, again, the reaction that, that is coming out of Starfield very much mirrored my own. It was very mixed, right? Some people are really psyched for it. A lot of people were like, really? That's it? I don't know. And again, we'll, we'll know, we'll, you know, it's, it's so hard to say we'll know when we see it. But I kind of felt like a little bit, like I did when I when they did that first Halo Infinite reveal that blew up in their face. So I was like, really? Like, okay. I mean, yeah, it looks like a Halo game, but like it doesn't look particularly next gen to me. And you know, they I don't know, is this this ain't it? And um 
we start I'm talking about like the whole thing in a minute, but like Starfield mm. in particular, like I don't get me wrong, fucking day one. I, I'm gonna play it. And I cause of I, course, you know, I'm looking yes. ever ever since you know Mass Effect trilogy wraps up, I've been looking for like my next big space opera world to get lost in. And Starfield is absolutely the best candidate for that. But maybe, and again, it's an expectations thing. Maybe my expectations got a little bit carried away with me because afterwards I was thinking, like, why are you disappointed? This is exactly what it was always going to be, right? It's a Bethesda game in space. It's Elder Scrolls in space. It's Fallout in space with all of the systems and all of the things you'd expect to see. Like, why would you expect anything different? And again, I just maybe I just let my imagination or my or my hope for something truly groundbreaking, like to you know, because this is Bethesda. It's the first thing since the acquisition. They've hyped it to hell. Like Starfield is going to be this like messianic, you know, presence when it arrives. It's gonna it's gonna be the biggest and best thing. And again, maybe it still will be once we actually dig into it and realize what an amazing game it is. But when they finally showed it, it just kind of felt like. Yeah, I guess you're gonna run like, oh, around an, and shoot people and fly around in space, but like I didn't see anything that made me go, "Wow, this is like this is this is the future of video games." Yeah, Gary, I'm like 100 with you. I think both me and you land on the exact same place because I'm again somebody who loves Bethesda Game Studios games. I'm gonna play this game. And I'm gonna have a blast, right? Like I played Fallout 4 and I fucking love Fallout 4. And that was another one that had a, a bit of a mixed reception, but it was mixed reception on the higher side, right? I think everybody was like, "No, this game's great," but people have uh, people have the expectations of the world, and so they want the world of it, and when it doesn't give you the world you're just like okay cool it's another bethesda game studio studios game my hope for this one is that the places where the game really truly does push the boundaries shines the most all that stuff is in the questing and the story give me really right. cool cool ass side quests give me cool characters give me uh really interesting locations to explore let me get fucking lost in the story and the characters and the companions and the factions and that's and the thing and, and that's all the stuff that you can't sell in a 10 yes. minute sizzle right like that's the stuff that you've really got to get in there and that's their bread you know? and butter yeah i mean i mean when you, when you think about like you know just how big skyrim was and this is supposedly bigger in terms of getting lost in a world and years later people are still loving it and all the expansions of dlc like it's a it's a world you can go and disappear into and i think the the, the only way we're going to really get a sense of how effective that is is in play it's a really really hard game to, to to sell like just from a few visuals again i didn't think the visuals were great i to me it looked you know like it like a like a last year it looked, looked like it could be running on an xbox one i wasn't blown away by the visuals just the character you know the facial animations the character stuff the, the, the facial it's animations all stuff we've seen off. before in terms of that level of quality none of it felt like next level to me the the a couple things all throughout too there too and that's in that same vein right talking about the characters you had that that um you know traditional but that's the zoom in when you're getting to dialogue it is that mm -hmm. like deadpan not deadpan but like almost like oh i don't know if there's life in this person's face <laughs> that i'm talking to you right of like the way that they're looking at you and their eyes kind of just like oh i don't this doesn't necessarily come together yeah. and, and look right i compare it a little bit to and i've I'm, this might be a hot take but it's honest right like it reminds me of when i played cyberpunk and I got into conversations there. And one of the things I really liked about Cyberpunk was I would get into a conversation with the NPC and they would walk around. They would like sway and move. Or, and like, right. I remember one scene in particular where I'm talking to you. It's like a, uh, like a mob boss type situation. And I'm arguing back and forth with, with this guy and I'm trying to get something out of him. And as I'm talking to him, he stands up, slowly walks to a drawer and he pulls a gun out and he starts a gunfight. And I was like, oh shit, I was not expecting this to happen in the middle of me talking to you. I don't know if we're going to get those kind of experiences in uh, uh, in in Starfield with the way that they're still committing to that locked on. All right, cool. Now you're in dialogue. You're you're going through. You're clicking the things, and maybe that's not what the game needs to be. This but is this is stuff like that, that, that I like to see them push. This is something that technologically and artistically, I think, where video games still have a long way 
to catch up with movies in terms of in terms of like a cinematic flavor. Like when you think about something like a car chase in Uncharted, right? Those sequences feel really cinematic, right? Because they're scripted, they're choreographed, they they have all the kind of the action uh, and kinetic energy that you'd expect from like a major Hollywood action sequence. And, and video games are very good at replicating that. But when it's just like a conversation, a dialogue, like you, the, the kind that you get so many of in a Bethesda game or a Mass Effect type game, you'll notice that when you watch like two people talking in a, in, in, in a movie, they do exactly what you just described, right? They don't just stand there and stare at each other and exchange dialogue. They move around the scene. They interact with things. They do things. Because filmmakers figured out a long time ago that watching two people just like stand and talk and talk at each other and look at each look at each other's faces is really boring, right? Yeah. You, you want you want to see actors. You want to see actors do things. You want to see, see move them around, perform. interact with the space, do other things, right? Because that's what's visually more interesting and it's more human. People don't you typically don't just unless you like sitting down to dinner or something. Don't just kind of stare at each other and talk. They do other things. They interact with the environment. They live in the space. But when you get into when you go into a dialogue scene in Mass Effect or, or something like Starfield, they just stand there like mannequins and and talk and 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 their mouth and their mouths move. But it, there's it, there's something kind of dead about it. There's no sense that they're actually in that environment. You kind of go into like a locked space where all these characters do is look at each other and talk. And it's not human. It's not realistic. It's not cinematic. It's not visually interesting. And I feel like they need we need to get to a point where a dialogue scene in a game can play out in a in a more kinetic organic realistic way that is that is observant of the space that the characters are in and 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 cognizant of the fact that human beings don't just stand and stare at each other they do things they look around they pick something up it's, I, I feel like yeah. it's, it's a little thing but that's something where we have a long way to go yeah and that and then the other thing to throw out there too that i didn't i didn't love that i wanted to see more of was the gunplay the gunplay for the gunplay that we saw in the trailer looked a little bit stiff to me in a way that reminded me of previous Bethesda first person first person shooter gameplay. And that's the thing that, you know, I think Bethesda would even tell you in Fallout 4 and even 76 and 3 or whatever that like the gunplay was never perfect, right? The gunplay never was like the driving force. That's why they have vets to make up for that. I really hope that it comes together in this game. I I when they first started showing gunplay, I was expecting them honestly to go into some kind of weird scan mode or something that would be almost like a vats adjacent and we didn't get that, which you right. know, I'm fine with that. But if that's the case, like I need the gunplay to be dope as fuck. <laughs> you know, I need the gunplay to feel like a genuine first person shooter. But those are all honestly like those are probably my big two critiques. I do think the game is gonna be great. You know, I made the I I evoked Cyberpunk earlier, and that wasn't to necessarily say that this game is gonna be the next Cyberpunk. I think this game is gonna be better than that. I don't think you're gonna have this game come out and it disappoint everybody or it not run or all that all that stuff, right? Fingers crossed the game runs well. Um, but I think the game's gonna be good. I just want the game to be fucking I want to be I want it to be Bethesda Game Studios. Like, look how much people love Skyrim, look how much people love Fallout 3. I want that from Bethesda Games. I mean, Beth I mean, look, we all know that Bethesda's had a few major hiccups recently that's de dented their their reputation for like delivering stone cold bangers, you know, over and over again. Um, but I still, I still feel like, you know, I feel like that in Bethesda we trust is still kind of there, right? Especially on something at this scale. We know they've delayed it. We know they're not just gonna gonna ship it like they did Cyberpunk. They really need this to on day one to like blow people away. And I'm still of the mind that it's going to do that. The shipbuilding is really cool. I mean, I grew up, you know, playing games like Elite, oh, yeah. and you know, a, 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 the whole idea of it being, you know, I get the No Man's Sky memes. It's very funny, but it is. It, it, when I was watching the stream, I was watching it with my friend Adam, who kept saying like, "This is No Man's Sky. Like that's basically what this is." 
And you know, I, I, I think that's that's a valid criticism. But I don't think you know, no, no, no man's sky goes into the, is going to go into the same level of like story and character depth that Bethesda is able to go into. I'm still super excited about it. I, I just, I just, I just don't think that five minute or ten minute, whatever it was that they showed, was particularly compelling. Like, so you, yeah. you, we're still going like, yeah, it doesn't. We're all making excuses right now. Yeah, but it, it's going to be great. But like, but let's all admit that that I don't think that presentation really blew that many people away. So, so going back to the question of who won Summer Game Fest 2022, I do want to give a big shout out to Devolver Digital because I think Devolver Digital might have had my favorite showcase for what it was, right? It was, uh, I believe, four video game announcements. I, for, and before I even get into it, uh, Gary, did you check out the Devolver Digital showcase? No, but I need to go back and I, I saw some clips from it and I want to go back and watch the whole thing because the thing about Devolver is they always do a good presentation, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. I was just talking to Mike about this. Um, the other day, my, Kevin, Mike and I, uh, went and got burgers the other night and we were talking about our own takeaways on this. And for me, the style that I want to see in a presentation, honestly, all I need is Nintendo direct. I don't need anyone in a cool leather jacket standing there in front of a big thing going, Hey kids, how do you do fellow kids? Let's go. And this is gonna, here's another banger and let's bring on this person and fuck all that. All I need is the, is the Nintendo guy going. And now, please look at this game. Just show me the fucking game. I don't need yep. all of the all the crazy interstitials. Having said that, the way that Devolver does it is the exception to the rule because they always find a way to make it fun, to make it interesting. Like again, previous attempts to do like whenever Ubisoft or whatever tried to do it, it's always cringe. It never works. All it all it becomes is a big fucking unintentional meme factory yeah. of all the cringe it's like moments. When when Nintendo did the robot chicken year, right. But 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 Devolver genuinely always do something fun and cool, and it plays into their brand. And Devolver, I think, is one of the is one of the more interesting and more fun companies in the business right now because they have they have a really fun energy, and they generally they they tend to find really really good games to publish. Like it, it's one in a very short time, Devolver has developed a brand for itself. It's like just the fact that it's coming from Devolver immediately kind of like yes. ups your interest in it, right? That, that's me. I like, I, I feel like there are certain indie game publishers that people automatically take to, right? Like I, I, I know like for Greg, that's why Annapurna. Anytime Annapurna has a game, I think Greg's probably going to take to that kind of game. Devolver is that for me. And it started for me in, I want to say it was 2019 where they let off that year with Ape Out and then Katana Zero and then Gato Roboto and my friend Pedro. And it was just hit after hit after hit of, right. oh, this is my type of game. And looking at this show, looking at the showcase they had uh, here, you know, they had four, it was short, right? They had four games. It was co hosted by Suda51. I fucking love Suda51. Uh, and I sadly, I didn't get to check out the full showcase because this is on, this is when I was in the airport on the way down to LA. Uh, but I was on Twitter keeping up with the announcements. Every single thing they announced here fucking spoke to me, right? It was uh, mm. it was a new game, Angerfoot. We talked about it a bit on the kind of funny games cast that went up went up this morning. But it is a first person hotline Miami, basically. They gave a release date for Cult of the Lamb, uh, which that's a game that I think a lot of people have been looking. Oh, yeah, Andy Cortez has been raving about that. Yeah, that game looks dope as hell, right? Uh, the Plucky Squire is one that when they announced it took over my Twitter feed of all the press people um, mm -hmm. that that I follow. The Plucky Squire might be one of the coolest announcements that I for, coolest announcements for me at the Summer Game Fest. It is a I want to say it's a 2D platformer, but it seems like way more than that. They jump between a bunch of different genres. Right now, if you're watching the video version, Barrett has a, the trailer pulled up, and it starts off as this cool storybook thing showing you different types of gameplay. You know, you're looking at it here, right? It is top-down Zelda-style gameplay, but then you get into some uh, side-scrolling stuff, and then once you jump forward into the trailer, you get like 
third like um 3d model of the like you get 3d model characters of them walking around and actually doing platforming in the real world but as you're watching the trailer it is a bunch of different types of gameplays like you saw a punch out thing there you saw like a word uh, puzzle there right like this is one that seemed to take a lot of people uh, uh take a lot of people's like attention by storm and is one that i fucking can't wait for so i mean is it too much of a reach to to suggest maybe devolve a one summer game fest i would put them up there you know, I think they honestly, for me, they might have. It's between them and Xbox for me, honestly. I like both. I like I like both shows a lot. But Devolver, every single thing they showed was for sure for me. Like they had Skate Skate City in there too, or sorry, Skate Story in there that looked incredible as well. Like all those games are games that I really want to play when they came out. So they right. that, honestly, I'll say it here. They won for me. Devolver Digital is my winner here. For I just want to make this general point because you touched on it earlier about the Xbox showcase and how there's always two things at play here. There's the expectation and there's the reality. And Xbox or whoever, Sony, PlayStation, whoever's doing it, can control the reality. But there's only so much they can do to control the expectation. And that's the thing. I thought the Xbox showcase on its face was good. I think if you're an Xbox gamer, and you, especially if you've got Game Pass, you look at that and you, and you think, yeah, the next 12 months is going to be good for me. There's a lot of good stuff coming, particularly on Game Pass. I'm excited about all the stuff that's coming. They, they checked a lot of They checked a lot of boxes. Mm. Not every box, but they checked a lot of boxes. I do have a. Um, I do have to give a big shout out. I forgot about the state of play. The state of play. Oh, was part about that too. A summer game, a summer game fest, and honestly, that might be the winner for me. I do. I, that was I, considered like, a good one, right? People, that was. People it was generally were very optimistic about that. It's the same thing for me as Devolver, where every single game at that state of play spoke to me, and they had the big surprises. They had Resident Evil Four there. They closed with a dope ass Final Fantasy Sixteen trailer, and they have Street Fighter Six uh, looking gorgeous in that in that uh, showcase as well. So I take it back. I think State of Play won it for me, well, but then Devolver Digital is right on. <laughs> okay, so let me finish my point about the about the about the showcase in general, but then I want to go, go back it. to State of Play with you. So I think so I thought it was really I thought it was a good thing that microsoft the xbox focused on next 12 months and all gameplay you know to keep cinematics to a minimum because that's you know the, the problem with a lot of these showcases is it's it, it, it's something they, they can be very cinematic heavy and it's games that are a long way away so you get excited but it's like there's no real it's all sizzle and no steak right mm -hmm. and to focus all on steak and say this is all stuff that's within 12 months so it's like in, in an imminent time frame this is not like years away and it's all stuff, and we're going to show you what the games actually look like, you know, not just a bunch of bullshit or target renders or cinematics. Um, that I think was all very, very positive. The problem was the only the only problem was by the time they they by the time they said at the beginning of the showcase, that's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on 12 months and and gameplay only. A bunch of people, as we always do, had had fallen foul of the rumor mill that had been going around for the last. Uh, for, the, for the previous 40 as we were going oh we better buckle up because i'm hearing there's going to be some like real megaton announcements and big big things at the xbox showcase and again xbox can only do so much to manage that people always get carried away with their expectations that by the time they then show the stuff people are like well but where's all the stuff that i convinced myself you were going to show and that ends up playing into some of the negative um takeaways that people have i think the one thing that they could have done and should have done is they should have made that announcement about 12 months and focusing on gameplay um like a few days ahead of, ahead of time to like get ahead of like the expectation game mm. running away because that's what i saw it happen in the last in the last 40 hours people got way ahead of themselves in terms of, i tuned in going wow, what's all this amazing stuff that i'm hearing rumors about and none of it was there because it was because it, it ended up being internet bullshit and that's not microsoft's fault but they could have done a better job i think of man of, of, of trying to get ahead of that by saying a few days ahead of time or a week ahead of time not like manager expectations is not going to be that good, but just, just know that this is all going to be stuff in the next 12 months. 
and, and we're going to focus on showing gameplay. So this is going to be a lot of a lot of like you know cool stuff, but like don't fucking get yourself carried away like you do. We see you do it at the start of every Nintendo Direct. Oh, it's going to be that. Oh, it's going to be this. And it's not real predictions. It's just like everyone's personal well, wish list. I, I, and when I, Nintendo I, fails to like satisfy everyone's personal wish list, they get shit for it. And we're seeing Microsoft getting shit for it right now. I do wonder if they felt like they're between a rock and a hard place because like Nintendo does that shit all the time too. And then they always have like one or two things that isn't within the time frame that they talk about uh, ahead of time. And I wonder if Xbox sees that and they're like, well, even if we do say like ahead of time, you know, we're only going to talk about the, the next year, like, yeah, that uh, sets expectations to a certain extent, but people are, are still going to run wild of like, you know, there was rumors that Wolfenstein, or not rumors, but there was like hopes that Wolfenstein 3 was going to be uh, announced and launching right. this year. Um, you know, and like when they say things like that of like, we're only going to talk about what's coming in the next year. Like people are still thinking Hellblade. People are still thinking about uh, games that like didn't show up. Um, I, I wonder if that was more of just like they were kind of damned, the I mean, I mean, damned if they didn't kind of. Barrett, you were there last week because you because you do the, the, the X cast with us when we were doing our predictions. It was all stuff along these lines. Oh, there's going to be a new banjo. There's going to be a new killer instinct. There's going to be like all these amazing, amazing reveals. And, it, and and none of that ended up being true, right? Like we 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 wanted we I mean, wanted it to yeah, be because those were predictions. It wasn't that. The, those were predictions, and predictions are you know typically uh, very hard to get correct, especially for. I'm just saying it had had micro had we known ahead of time that it was all it was a 12 month time frame and focus mm -hmm. on games that were like a, you know far enough along in development to really show gameplay. Yeah, I, I don't think we would have made half of those predictions, right? Because we would we, we would have managed our expectations differently. Here's what I want to do. I, I wanna... but it, the last thing I'll say again, go for, go for because uh, they're uh, even if they had set the expectation of the next twelve months, because Nintendo does the thing where they they do that, but then they still talk about one or two things after those 12 months, I still think people would have been like, yeah, they'll probably focus on the next 12 months, but then they'll like do a big reveal of something else like Banjo or something like that, even though it's not coming in the next 12 months. Again, it's a, it's, I don't know. It's a weird one. But, but blessing, you're right. Let's go back to state of play because it was, it was. Oh, before it was, we get was, there, before we get there, yeah. because we're very late in the show and I probably should throw to ads. I do want to throw to ads. I want to get like final thoughts on this because I do want to hear your definitive Okay, the state state of play thoughts, and then also who won, uh, and then we can quick we can quick hit the rest of the show. But for now, let me let everybody out there know about Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I've been using AG1 the last few months because I figured it was well past time I start thinking about vitamins, but I'm usually not the biggest fan of their format. So being able to drink a flavored water is much more up my alley. And I'm a huge fan here of the fact that it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I look forward to every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily 
daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses to everyone. So upstarts, startups, established businesses, content creators alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to across the globe. Our content creator friends use Shopify to manage all their merch sales and stuff. And I recently got Gia a pair of Allbirds from the Allbirds website, which also uses Shopify. So that's an example of big websites using Shopify for their sales. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and to help you supercharge your knowledge of your sales and your success. You can go to shopify.com slash KF games, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash KF games right now. That's shopify.com slash KF games for a free 14 day trial. Shopify.com slash KF games. Gary Witta, state of play thoughts. So you're gonna have. So I, I did watch it when it when it came on. I mean, I watched it uh, watched it um, on like the YouTube, you know, replay. But it was because it was it was it was yeah, it it wasn't officially like part of Summer Game Fest, right? It kind of came out like a little bit ahead of time. Oh, was it? It but came out like, a little bit ahead, but it was the Summer Game Fest. But it came like, out like ahead of time. It was like yeah. the first thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, all, you have to remind me what they what what everything that they showed. But I came here with two thoughts, thinking mm-hmm. that was good. And now, and I got to say, even though like I'm an, I'm an Xbox guy, having seen Xbox's presentation, I thought Sony had the better presentation of the two. Uh, but ultimately, the only <laughs> all I care about I got, is Stray. I got, I got a breakdown for you. So Resident Evil 4 was officially announced. Uh, yes, yes uh, Street Fighter 6 uh, fully Don't care revealed. About that. Final Fantasy 16 launching summer Don't 2023. Uh, Resident oh, Evil yeah. Village in uh, development for PSVR 2. Yeah. Um, a little bit of PSVR 2, like quick hits. Uh, you got Horizon Call of the Mountain, uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, uh, No Man's Sky. And I think yeah. that, was, that was all the I'm PSVR excited about 2. PSVR 2. Uh, Stray getting a launch in uh, July with a new trailer. That's my that's my most anticipated game. Marvel Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales coming to PC. Uh, yeah. Both of those coming to PC. Uh, let's see. Rollerdrome, a uh, game by Ali Ali, world's creator, where you're like skating around and shooting people. Um, Tony Hawk with guns is how it's been described. Uh, they showed off the Callisto Protocol, that really horse, uh, really right, scary. Right, right. A lot uh, of people space high game. on that, right? Yeah, yeah uh, it looks really good. Because it comes from the creators of Dead Space, and it's literally just Dead Space. Uh, we've got. Uh, season, A Letter to the Future, which looks like a Greg Miller-ass game about feelings. Um, Tunic is coming to PlayStation. And mm-hmm. Eternites, which was uh, made by someone who played Persona 5 uh, and was like, oh, this game's this game kicks ass. And then they just went into game development and made a game. And that's Eternites. Like, not I, I thought overall it was I thought overall it was it was a it was a strong presentation. Um and but again, a lot of it I have to kind of make allowances for. Like again, I'm not a Final Fantasy guy, but like obviously the next for, the, for, for people that for the many many people that are the next Final Fantasy game, that's a huge huge yeah. huge deal. And they and showed it. And it looked this good. was the best trailer for it yet, too. Yeah, yeah. Same for Street um, Fighter. I know you're not a Street Fighter person either. Like this was the big debut game tra- gameplay trailer for a Street Fighter Six, and it was fucking right. like it was incredible. But that, but that, again, that, that's that's a multi platform title, isn't it? That's not exclusive to PlayStation, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's multi platform, but yeah. Even still, like I feel like that's still is it. That's that's the kind of game that I think showing it off the on the PlayStation showcase 
really helps build that audience of okay, I'm going to associate this with PlayStation. I know, but whenever they show like you know uh, Grand Theft Auto or um, Modern Warfare or whatever, like it's nice to have the bragging rights that they show it first on on, on your presentation. But that's not for sure. These showcases are, are to some extent supposed to be like here's why you need to own a PlayStation. Modern Warfare and Street Fighter Six don't make those arguments because you can get those on an Xbox as well. It's like what if, what what are you sh what are you bringing me that you can only get on a PlayStation? I mean, they did say this was like the third party showcase, and so they kind of built those expectations. But I also, I, I feel ex exactly where you're coming from for like a state of play thing. But to the question, what is your favorite, or not even your favorite, who won Summer Game Fest 2022? Like I said, I, I, don't, th I don't think there was a clear winner. There, I don't think there was any one presentation or any one game that emerged as the thing that like everyone was talking about. Like the, 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 there wasn't like a consensus like, oh, but yeah, come on. That was, you know, that was the thing. The, 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 I don't think there was. It was, I think I, I would give the whole thing a B plus like across the board, the entire summer game fest, but there wasn't like one standout thing that, that, that clearly emerged as like the, the, you know, the winner of, 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 of the whole thing. Mm. I mean, I think if I had to give the whole thing a grade, I might give it like a C, a C minus. You know, oh, I wow, like really? Year, that low, huh? Yeah, I think this year was weaker than what it could have been. And I think part of that was just maybe there just weren't the games um, to bring it, bring it all together. Like, I, I do think the hypest games were hype, right? Like, and Starfield, very excited for it. Three, five, six, Persona very literally coming to Xbox. Yeah, Persona coming to Xbox. I think oh, that was huge. Deal. Like, there were a lot of good announcements, but I just feel like the there weren't enough strong showcases. And like a lot of people, I feel like there weren't. Like Nintendo wasn't here. I feel like that was that, that was sorely missing from this whole thing. Um, like the PlayStation first party stuff. I know it's, it's been been gone for a while, but even that, I don't know. I could I could have. I, I feel like that could have added to a lot a lot more hype. Uh, even though we did get the Last of Us remake, but even that like didn't hit the way that I even think they thought it was gonna hit. So I don't know. Like, no, I, because again, it's just, I mean, I, I think it looks cool, but it's you know, and, and I and I like the remake remaster trend. I think it's really cool, but like. I don't know. With Last of Us, it's not even that old, right? We just had Last of Us Two. They already did a, a PS4 remaster of it. I know what they're doing now is more ground up, but again, I, a, a lot of the stuff that I read after the fact, people were just kind of underwhelmed by. It. Like, it doesn't look that much better. Yeah, it looks better, but like not. I will say, know. I watched the Digital Foundry video uh, that they put up today. Mm. They finally did their deep dive analysis. Watching yeah. that video actually has me like very excited for it because okay, it I should watch. Like it, I, I like the Digital Foundry stuff. I should watch that. It looks like they went in and did their damn thing uh, for that remake, and so like it. Technically, I think it's going to be impressive, but it's the thing of, you know, Last of Us isn't that old. You're playing the same game again. It, it is that. And I do think, for me, a game of the show probably is Street Fighter VI. And I associate that right now. I'm with kind of interested in that adventure mode, whatever that is. I mean, I think I... If you have interest in Street Fighter, I think that adventure mode might be what gets you in because that seems like it's going to be geared toward newer players to get in, uh, learn the mechanics, and have, experience the game in a more organic way the way you would experience more of a 3d action game get into fights naturally and all that stuff but uh gary let's transition it's story mm. number two because that was story number one story number spent, two and it's that was it's the entire 56 show episodes, we spent like an hour in the first minutes story. into the episode we have two minutes left on this show gary uh no, we're gonna go a lot. it's only shows that i'm on it's only you gary. it's only I'm shows that you're on yeah that's what i thought i'm sorry that means, it means you're a great you're a great conversator, right? We like talking to you. Uh, story number two: Assassin's Creed Valhalla adds uh, or updates to add 
let me say that again. Assassin's Creed Valhalla updates to add roguelite mode and more. This is Steve Watts at GameSpot. The Assassin's Creed series turns 15 years old this year, and Ubisoft is marking the occasion with a number of special events and content drops. The festivities include new activities in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a free trial for Origins, and weekly celebrations through a dedicated site. To start, Valhalla is getting a second year of post-launch content. You'll be able to play a roguelite mode called the Forgotten Saga with a free update this summer. Then, at the end of the year, Ubisoft promises one last chapter in the Eivor saga, uh, which will be added as a free update for all players. For those who just want to learn more about Viking history, the Valhalla Discovery Tour is now available as a standalone experience across all platforms, and Ubisoft has opened its cur curriculum guide for classrooms. Ubisoft also formally announced the 60fps update for Assassin's Creed Origins on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Even if you don't own Origins, uh, you, can try, you can try it out with a free weekend from June 16th to the 20th. Finally, Ubisoft has set up a dedicated anniversary site, Assassin's Creed 15, uh, where it'll be offering content and rewards for different games each week. For this first volley, it's offering Assassin's Creed Origins tattoos and a naval pack in Valhalla. During the anniversary stream, Ubisoft also promised details on the future of the franchise coming in September. And that seemed like it was the biggest thing, the fact that a lot of people were going into this event thinking that you're going to see the future of Assassin's Creed, maybe the next game, maybe whatever Assassin's Creed Infinite is going to be. Turns out you're going to get that info later in September, which I guess is exciting. Like uh, Gary, I forget right. if you're an Assassin's Creed person. I'm not an Assassin's Creed person, but I do live with one. My wife loves Assassin's Creed. I think she's got like something like 500 hours in Odyssey. Um, and probably at least at least half that, if not more, in Valhalla. She really liked both of those games. She played some Origins as well. But like Odyssey's her favorite. She liked Valhalla as well. I think for, I, I think you know for for people that are really into Assassin's Creed, and clearly there are you know many many of them. It's one of Ubisoft's biggest biggest names. This this seems like a really I'd be if I was really in, into Assassin's Creed, I'd probably be happy with this. Right, there's a bunch of stuff like a yeah. whole new story chapter. I, this roguelite mode seems interesting. They've added a bunch. They're really supporting this game. I think it's a little bit of like candy and medicine where it's like, oh, here's a bunch of new content that you may or may not, you know, fuck with, right? Like cool cosmetics, a weekly um, content drop, that kind of thing. And then you're not going to hear anymore until September. Yeah. I think that was very much like a pain in the gut for a lot of people. That, that felt like Dragon the way they hyped Dogma it up, it felt like it was gonna be. yesterday or Dragon Zogma was like, we'll have a video later. Yeah, but hey, September, you're going to get all of all the answers you want. Maybe some you don't want, but hey, we'll see. Wait, so, so wait, in September, what's going to happen? Are they going to give know. us a sense of what Assassin's Creed Infinity is going to be or what? I mean, you might just get another countdown and they'll say, hey, come back in April. For the next I feel like people are very, very nervous about Assassin's Creed Infinity. Like, it as could, you should be, honestly. It could yeah. go very sideways, couldn't it? It's not going to be good. Let's hop into story number three. What is happening with God of War? Uh, at Corey Barlog this morning, returned to Twitter, which is very exciting, but he tweeted a, a, a tweet, or he quote tweeted a tweet from uh, David Jaffe, who tweeted out, remember that Sony Insider pal who said God of War Ragnarok 2022 was still on? Well, another Sony Insider pal texted me today saying it's no longer locked in, and the release is TBD. Maybe 2022, maybe not. So fuck if I know. 50-50 at this point. Man, when, they're, when are they going to announce that date? Corey Barlog quote tweeted that tweet and said, wait, what question mark with a gif of Kratos walking out of the shadows, which could mean anything, but uh, you know, I think the the idea that Corey Barlog is acknowledging it, yeah, he, I feel he, like he does, this, he does this follow up tweet of Ryan Reynolds doing like the little smirky face too. It's a show of confidence from him, yeah. which I hope doesn't backfire. And the fa I hope the this thing doesn't delay to twenty twenty. The fact that he's back on Twitter too is very interesting. 
Yeah. Because he kind of, like, he, Did he, he take a break or something? Yeah, it was, like, very, like, s- subtly, like, I, I think it might have been, like, Destin Gary or some uh, someone who noticed it of, like, yo, where's Corey Barlog? And, yeah. So yeah, because he's, he's off, I know that you mentioned it, yeah, because I follow he's Corey. He's usually quite, quite, quite busy on Twitter. So, um, yeah, the fact that he's coming the, back. The rumor is later this was it later this month or later this summer for when they dropped the i don't know man i like there's so many fucking rumors at this so many rumors we're gonna get into nintendo direct anymore (laughs) that's my thing with god of war ragnarok is i don't give a fuck anymore man give me the date when you give me the date if you you again though if you had to if you had to go out on a limb right now and plant your flag is 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 god of war 2 coming out this year or next this year this year you think so you're confident in that yeah, I yep. think, you know, the rumors, the reports, Corey Barlog being on Twitter, <laughs> I think it all is lining up. I think we'll see a release date soon for it. Hopefully. That's, that's where I'm at. What about you? Do you think it's coming out this year? I, don't, I mean, is it is it telling that they haven't announced it yet? Like a bunch of other games that, are come, that would be expected. Here's the thing. To come out this year, it, it can't be any later than like, like Thanksgiving's kind of the cutoff, right? Like the big holiday games usually ship. You know, New Modern Warfare come always out comes December. out in October. Like November's about as late as you can go. Yeah, you can't ship like a holiday game in December. So I don't know. Is it telling that they haven't already? Like if they knew, if no, they knew they could do it, they, why not announce the day? Because God of War 2018's release date wasn't announced until four months before that game came out. Okay. Yeah, PlayStation, they have a tendency to do that. They'll okay. announce the release date way closer to the actual game coming out. And now, you know, Starfield being delayed out of November, I think, leaves that space and room to where you're not uh, competing with them as the, if the game comes out in November. I mean, all the, all the more reason to hit that date, right? Because I think if yeah. we can just own that. Like, like, if you like, can own November if, and own Black Friday Xbox and all that stuff. Does Xbox have, like, a big... Now that Starfield's out of the zone, does, does Xbox have a big holiday... Nope. What, what, what's their no. holiday banger? I don't think they have one, right? uh no i don't think so probably the stuff coming to game pass pretty much is yeah. is, is their holiday plan so we'll sony and then we don't who knows what Nintendo's going to drop between now and then they usually come in with a wild card right yeah i mean no pokemon is november so they're going to have that fill that slot and then who knows in bayonetta 3 drops splatoon 3 like we need answers on that and i'm sure if they have a nintendo direct they'll have like maybe one or two more medium tier games that they'll drop in that in that quarter right uh story number four is a quick shout out i was going to do kind of a preview roundup sort of deal with uh plague tale requiem because ign got uh the exclusive preview on that one that they dropped today uh, i just want to give a shout out check it out uh go give them the click it was written by simon cardi at ign and that game sounds pretty good it sounds like they're um oh take, go for it I, I i found out that i can actually there was a thing that i didn't th- realize that i would that i could talk about it but it turns out i can i actually got to play some of the new uh plague tale oh uh, because it's an official selection for this year's tribeca festival games competition and i got to play all of the games in that because i'm a judge in the for the game for the tribe are you sure are you sure you can talk about this yeah i I can they confirmed it yesterday i can't i mean i can't say anything else other than because what the games are is already like you can go to the tribeca festival website right now and it shows you what the games are it's like Mm -hmm. it's play 12 requiem as dusk falls american arcadia thirsty suitors and a bunch of other games there's like nine in total and i'm uh me kiki wolfkill and nk jemison are the judges for the game contest this year and so i got to play all of those games and can you, can you tell uh, us some details like did you like them i think that's the part i'm not allowed to say oh, dang it, dang it. oh man <laughs> i really want to hear about playing well, i know i will say no I, I i there was some really really good there were some really good ones like there were because okay. you don't play the I'll whole game that. you play like a piece of it that they send you they send you like a chapter or a chunk that they think is representative of it for adjudication and so i got to play like a, a nice little slice of 
of all these different games. And there was at least three games out of them that I'm like super excited for them to come out now because I think they're great. I mean, I'll take that. I like that. I like that scoop. Uh, story number five, there's no legal issues with Fei Long and Street Fighter Six. Capcom insists. Uh, I'm not going to read through the whole thing. I, I was pulling from Martin Robinson at Eurogamer. The gist of it is that Fei Long has been missing from Street Fighter since Street Fighter Four, And the idea there for people has been that uh, apparently the Bruce Lee estate has been kind of cagey about depictions of Bruce Lee that are done in a more comedic tone as opposed to like a more honorable tone. They want any depiction to be more uh, honorable. Uh, and uh, there was a composer on Street Fighter that was saying that, oh, you might not see Fei Long in future Street Fighters for that reason. Street Fighter officially came out and said, no, like that is that it doesn't hold any bearing on how uh, or if or if not Fei Long actually lands uh, in Street Fighter 6 eventually. But they're not also not confirming that Fei Long is in Street Fighter 6 because that's a secret. Um, and so there you have it. Um, and I believe them, right? Like, Liu Kang is still in Mortal Kombat. They're not going to do anything about that. Like, Law is still going to be in Tekken. I don't think Fei Long would be taken out of Street Fighter for that reason. And then let's round out with story number six. Elden Ring continues to dominate. This is Brendan Sinclair at GamesIndustry.biz. We got our top 10 uh, of the NPD best-selling games for the month of May. I'll just go from uh, 10 to 1, right? So at number 10, you got Pokemon Legends Arceus. At number 9, uh, Gran Turismo 7. You got Mario Kart 8 above that. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard above that. Kirby and the Forgotten Land above that. At number 5, MLB The Show 22. Number 4, Evil Dead The Game. At number 3, Nintendo Switch Sports. At number 2, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Then at number 1, Elden Ring on top. That game is selling gangbusters. It can't be stopped. Just like the what boss. A, I mean, game. what a what a what a hugely successful game that has been commercially, creatively. I mean, I can't remember a time, maybe God of War a few years ago. Mm. I can't remember a time, and again, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, when at this point in the year, I mean, even when when did when did Elden Ring come out? February? February. In February, within a within a couple of weeks of it coming out. I was saying, and again, even though it's not my cup of tea, just as an observer that you know knows a, a thing or two about video games, I'm looking at that game and the way people are reacting to it and going, this is, this is as nailed on to sweep all the Game of the Year awards at the end of the year as, as any game has ever been. Like, well, don't you think it's going to run the table, right, when it comes to Game oh, of yeah. the Year? Depending, on, uh, depending on if Ragnarok comes out uh, this year, uh, I think that's still yet to be determined. And God of War 2018 did have Red Dead Redemption 2 going up against it. There's a that's lot the of thing. True. God of War had Red Dead. I Elden Ring does seemingly have God of War Ragnarok, but I don't know if it's going to have the juice. Like, I don't know I, if God of War is going to have the we'll juice. We'll see, just because, especially if uh, Ragnarok's coming out closer to uh, the Game Awards, um, that's it's going to be fresher in people's minds. It's also just going to be more accessible to people who, like, there were a lot of people like me who haven't played uh, or weren't super into Souls games that played Elden Ring, really loved their time with, uh, like, Elden Ring, but I still think God of War has that, like, Here's the thing. I think even Ragnarok would have people. its work cut out for it, given how much goodwill Elden Ring's built up within the, within the community. I mean, people right. just fucking love, 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 love that game. I, I'm, like I'm, just, I'm thinking about games industry folks, journalists and stuff who actually like vote on this. The only not, thing I can think of is I, I, like if, I, if, if an It Takes Two type surprise comes out between now and then, right? But that's really unlikely, I think. I think that's unlikely. I don't think anything is going to have the level of reception of Elden Ring. I don't believe in the recency thing for like a game coming out in November and then getting Game of the Year. I feel like that's way less common than more common. Like Red Dead didn't have that and that came out way closer to Game of the Year uh, than God of War. And like usually Game of the Year stuff is... I 
I feel like the tr- the trend tends to be there are spring titles, titles that have had more time to sit in our minds that we are like, oh, yeah, I, love these I, I think the thing. the thing that Red Dead had going against it, though, is because of how nitty gritty that uh, game is in a very different way from Souls games, but like is still on like the level of what Souls games uh, do in the, like, the nitty grittiness of like what they are. I think God of War is just like what it I, is now and what it's defined as now, especially with 2018 is a little more. Um, palatable for a lot of people, especially in uh, the journalistic kind of sphere where people. That's are the other on. thing is, I think you know, in terms of the audience that are getting their hands on Elden Ring, I think it is the audience is so wide. That game is the highest selling game that is not like a Call of Duty in a very long time, uh, and I think that's going to speak to the which the is which, that which is amazing when you think about. I get that it's so critically liked, right? People that like Elden Ring really love it, and obviously there, there are criticisms of it, but people gener- gen- generally fucking love Elden Ring. Mm. When you think about how many copies it's sold and it is a staggering number, I actually find that a little bit surprising considering how hardcore and unforgiving it is. Like that's not a game for casuals. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like oh, a, a, a game that is that dialed into a particular kind of like try hard sweaty player base. I'm actually surprised that it has as much broad appeal that it does. I wonder if it sold a lot of copies to people that like they, they bought it, but then they played it for like a week and said, fuck this. Cause it's just too hard. I don't know. Here- Here's what I what I would say regarding the November thing. I bet God of War Ragnarok comes out in November, but I worry that it might not make it for game game uh, game awards because of the cutoff. I think it might end up in that, that weird situation. So it's a, it's a dumb cutoff, right? But I think I could see it ending up in that place where it comes out second or third week of November. Reviewers haven't had enough time to get their hands on it, and for that reason, it either it's either the thing of the conversation. Yeah, the, it's the fall and order yet. problem, right? It's either yeah the Fallen Order problem or the there was another game that came out like Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk, but like Cyberpunk wasn't gonna get no, it. No, I know. Like but, um, Forza, Forza was the one I was thinking of, right? Where if people were like, "Where the fuck is Forza Horizon in the Game Awards?" Because it was in sports, but it wasn't Game of the Year. And the argument was like, "Yo, not enough." That game came out at that cutoff where like reviewers had it, but like I, general people didn't have it. People couldn't. I don't want to have to return it. to this subject in detail, but I really think Jeff should consider moving the window when they do it because it's a big problem right now where like it's, it's a, a lot of the big triple a games which sometimes often are you know also game of the year not necessarily like modern warfare or whatever like just the big sellers but like you know a god of war ragnarok or a red dead or you know or uh, or in this case you know fallen order um or in this case maybe the new god of war games yeah, that are coming Smash out kind of thing was in that yeah, games that are coming out in november because they're expected to like sell a lot over the holiday period in part because they are absolute stone cold banger games having a problem getting into that year's consideration for game award just because that's the window because jeff wants to put it on air on december to me it's just fucking weird like there's a reason why the oscars and and, and the big serious award shows are, are in february because the calendar year is the calendar year like when they say game of the year like what are you talking about like it's not game of the year you- it's like it's the game between like this october and that october it's just weird yeah, I would almost say like if you're gonna keep it there, just change it from game of the year to just best game or something along those lines. Because I don't, I don't know. it's not rep- representative, and I think it does color it. But Gary, I'm very excited to see how all that lands toward the end of the year, game award season. But game award season is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Crazy Chicken Extreme for PS5 and PS4, Neo Dory Forever for PC, The Hand of Merlin for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch, Grapple Gloves, and then Grapple Gloves have come to Fortnite, uh, which I think are the Spider-Man type gloves where you're swinging and swinging. Uh, and then one new date for you, Overwatch. No, well, they are like the Spider-Man, but it's Indiana Jones version, okay, bless? Oh, so it's like the whip. Wait, Indiana I, Jones I doesn't so. have a glove? 
I don't know, man. I don't know. But they use Indiana Jones to show it off in whatever fucking trailer they put up. <laughs> Fortnite is weird. Now. I love it. Uh, new date for you. Uh, Overwatch tweeted out this morning that the Overwatch 2 beta begins June 28th. That is happening on PC and on console. It'll include the Junker Queen and a Junk the Junker Queen map, or is Junker Queen a character? It'll include that and a new map, and then signups and more details are coming on June 16th. And so there you have it. Overwatch a lot of people are still soon. saying, what is the point of this game? Like, did what What have you actually done other than add a two? You know? I mean, at least it's free to play, right? So it's like, it, they, I they could have they could have called it Overwatch the new expansion or some shit, and it would have been better. I don't, I don't know if Blizzard and free to play is a combination that ne necessarily gets me very excited these days. Man, I feel that. Have you fucking uh, seen some of this Diablo Immortal stuff? Unbelievable. The monetiz now, the way the monetization works in that game, like it, sh it shouldn't be legal. It's fucking shocking. Gary, we're yes. towards the end of the show. And I do, yeah. even though we're going long, we do have one of them rotating segments, a very special segment. It is a message from Kenny Ballou. Kenny Ballou writes in and says, Today, Tuesday, June 14th, 2022, is the 1200th episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Congratulations. I'll keep this as short as I forgot to do this until last minute. Whoops. And I know the five-year anniversary is coming up on Thursday. I think the biggest news by far was the first time the show was uh, the first time the show was hosted together last Thursday, uh, the first in-person show since March 13th, 2020, breaking a streak of 550 shows. Thank goodness. I can't wait for the new studio. I know you guys must be so ready. There have been a total of 131 hosts for the show. Uh, for the regulars, the, ranking, the rankings are as follows. Uh, Greg with 696 shows. That's 39 since the last uh, 100 show. Uh, Tim with 428 shows. That's plus 42. Me, Blessing, with 347 shows. That's plus 45. Gary with 186 shows. Uh, that is plus 19. And Gary, you're the new number four on the list for the most hosted. Wow. And I'm not even a host. Yeah, I mean, you're I've never actually hosted. I've never been in like the in like the the captain the leading chair. seat, I, and I don't want to be because I don't. Want I was gonna say, do you want to try sometime? No, I, I won't want to do we it. Can get you I that. Can't you read need the doc shit. No, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, it is. I mean, it is taxing reading through all this shit, and like half the time you don't even know what you're reading. So you come out and you're like, what did I just say? It's a tough job. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And the number five uh, is Andrea uh, Renee, still with 173 shows. And then following that is Emron, Jared, Fran, Andy, and Janet. For the guests, Khalif and Paris have each hosted six episodes. Uh, Anthony Gallegos, Chastity Vicencio, uh, Cheeks Jr., Belinda, Mycardi, and the list goes on. Uh, they've hosted three times. I got to jump forward because there's a lot of info here. Uh, hosting combos, Greg and Tim. Still number one, 169 shows. Uh, Greg and Gary, number two, 124 shows. And you guys are the new number two, actually. Wait, sorry, what was number one? Number one was Greg and Tim. Oh yeah, I'm never gonna, never gonna beat that. I mean, you're really close. You're at 124 shows. They're at 169. So you just gotta separate them. You just Maybe gotta take get out Tim, Tim sick for a while, and then you know, just catch up, Gary. Interesting. Behind that, realize, when you put it like that, I realize I've done done that many. You're you're ubiquitous on the show. Like you are, like. You're number four, right? Like right there with me, Greg, uh, and Tim. And so, yeah, no, you're you're up there. And then at number four, there is Tim and, and uh, or sorry, number three, Greg and Andrea with 121 shows. And of course, you just overtook them. Uh, and then at number four, it's me and Tim with 115. Number five, Greg and me with 80 shows. Uh, the show is ran by one of the hosts who reads the Roper Report, segment transitions, etc. The rankings for this is Greg at number one, 670 shows total. That is plus 37 since episode 1100. I'm at number two with 277 shows. That is plus 40 since uh, 1100. Tim with 93 shows. Andrea with 30 shows. And under that is Imran with 29 shows. 
Uh, for some advanced metrics, the rankings for percentage of shows run to shows hosted uh, is Greg with 96.3% of the shows he's been on hosted. Me with 79.8% um, with the shows I've been on hosted. Tamor with 64.9%. <laughs> Nick Scarpino with 50%. And then uh, <laughs> at number five, Snowbike Mike with 46.7% of the shows. The thing we were hosted. trying to figure out the other day was what are the, what are the still kind of undone combos like who hasn't hosted with who because like because like, oh. like, like, i was thinking this other like like i've hosted with almost everyone but never with andy uh never with nick there's, there's i mean still, nick's there's... only hosted two episodes yeah he's right, only right, been right. on two episodes so that's why yeah. he, he's got a 50 percent. i want to do one with andy though I feel we like can make that happen show. i can look on the calendar and see Let's if make we can that make work, that work. Uh, and then rankings for whoever has done the sound effects for the show, right? The Roper Report jingle, Baker's Dozen, et cetera. <laughs> Kevin is still number one with the 849 shows. That's plus 64 since last time. Barrett, a strong number two, 229 shows. That's plus 36. And then following is Cool Greg, Andy, Joey, uh, Greg Miller Industries, and then a combo of Kevin and Andy one time. Uh, there have been there have now been a total of 553 shows since the last show in the studio, sad face. Uh, that wow. means that 46% of all the kind of funny games daily episodes have not been done at the studio. 46% we've been at home yeah. for that long. I've, I, I've been working more at home than I have at the studio. Jesus. I got to tell so, you, when so I saw Bear. Kevin the other night, because we went out and got uh, me, Kevin and Mike went and got some some burgers. And we caught he, Kevin was telling me about the studio and like how it's progressing and. I, I'm I, I I'm very excited for you guys to get back in to get into that new space, and I'm excited to come and like be a, a actual kind of host. I miss hosting at the desk, you know. Like it's not it's same, this man. is great. We've made it work, but it's not the same. Come on, we'll get there. Hopefully, hopefully, 2022 at some point. Uh, congratulations, it's still Kenny Blue. Congratulations on making it to 1,200 episodes in five years. I know how much I personally look forward to seeing the Patreon notification that the show is posted every day. Keep up the great work. Heart emoji. Kenny Blue. Kenny, you know we appreciate you. Thank you so much for your write-up. Uh, if you're listening and you want to get some more nitty-gritty details on that or go back and look at it yourself, I'm sure Kenny will post that on the Reddit for you to see. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Read you right in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, I mean, Nana writes in and says, Capcom made it clear before the showcase that they're only going to talk about already announced games. We know, like... That, that that doesn't discount that it was a boring time talking about the games they already announced, but fair enough. Uh, Kebab says Jason can't be in Dead by Daylight because he's from Friday the 13th. Mm. Uh, Charles Jacobson says Resident Evil Resistance included with RE3 was 1v3. Reverse is more regular third-person shooter with iconic RE characters. Yeah, I actually pulled up the Steam page. I meant to read that. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, Re Reverse is more of just a deathmatch type of deal. Uh, yeah. Nano says Junker Queen is the new character, which I appreciate. And that's it. Does she have a name or do they just call her Junker Queen? I forget. Like those, the trailer was at a recent thing. I think it was at Xbox and I just like forgot all of it. It was a chaotic time. But I think she might just be called Junker Queen because they just call her Junker Queen in the, in the tweet. Yeah. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are me and Janet Garcia. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this, it's some PlayStation Plus Premium hanging out with me and Barrett. We're going to scroll through, see what games are on there, and fucking play around with that thing. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyPlays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.